There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Someone who's breathing our last as Prime Minister... <laughs> metaphorically speaking, uh, Theresa May or not, does she have indeed uh, plenty of oxygen left to carry her through uh, the challenges ahead? Let me speak to John Tong, British and Irish politics professor. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, time seems to be running out for the Prime Minister. Another important uh, meeting today with some of her, well, th- with some of those who would put her under pressure of the, at the 1922 committee. That's right. I mean, Theresa May's been on the political version of death row for some time now. Uh, I think it's a, a case really of, of uh, when not if, in the sense that she's probably only got one more month to survive in post. I think the key date to look for really is the first week in June because it's at that point that she intends to bring the EU withdrawal agreement back to the House of Commons for one last hurrah. Her chances of getting it through are, are slim and that's even assuming that, that Speaker John Burko allows her to bring uh, this bill back for a fourth time. But she has to get that through really to survive in office. There's no real road left after that. Her chances of doing that are, are pretty slim. I mean, last time she got the majority against that withdrawal agreement down to 58, but that still means she'd need 30 MPs to change their mind uh, in her favour. There's no sign of that. In terms of the current talks with the Labour Party, they seem to be meandering on, but without any real progress. The parties are in election mode anyway, with the European Parliament elections looming. The pressure's likely to increase on Theresa May because of uh, anticipated poor results in those elections. Uh, and so really what the 1922 committee today are looking for is, is a, a clear date of departure. I'm not sure they'll get that today because, you know, she may as I say she wants to try and bring this withdrawal agreement back one last time. But, you know, probably only got a month left in office at most before she at least announces her departure. Has she a, a brass neck or is she doing what she feels is best in the current situation for the country, or is she doing what she's hoping is best for the legacy of Theresa May? She's doing what she believes is uh, an act of service to her country and her party. Um, She genuinely believes that the withdrawal agreement that she negotiated with the European Union is the best deal uh, that is available, uh, and that it offers a compromise. It respects the referendum result, uh, it keeps us aligned to the European Union with a favourable trade deal. It does place Northern Ireland under somewhat different conditions in, in the longer term. But, you know, you can argue it's the best deal that could have been negotiated. She also feels that she's uh, offering, 
you know, an act of duty to her party because there isn't an obvious successor and at least she's managed to just about hold her party together. It's, it's on the brink of a, of, of a civil war. It's on the brink of disintegrating. But there isn't an obvious unifying candidate to replace her. If there was, she might have gone sooner. So that's why she stays in office. But I think there's, you know, a shelf life to that, this notion of a, you know, a noble Theresa May acting on behalf of her country and her party. That particular act, if you want to call it that, has, has worn rather thin. The 1922 committee, led by Sir Graham Brady, has begun to lose patience with her. And the conservative grassroots have begun to lose patience with her. Um, in that sense, a, a June departure would help because... Uh, the, the umbrella association of the conservative grassroots, the National Conservative Convention, are, are threatening to, to force a vote on her future uh, in the middle of June, on, on June the 15th. That will be massively embarrassing. No conservative leader has been subject to such a grassroots rebellion. If there was a vote against her at that, you know, it, that's <laughs> hugely, hugely embarrassing for any conservative leader. Normally, the conservatives have a, quite a deferential relationship to their leader and, and tend to be quite supportive. Um, so, you know, again, you know, I think she's run out of road in terms of that. But she genuinely believes in what she's doing, and she, she, she's driven in, in that sense. And that's why she has stayed in office. And ultimately, there has to be some sort of deal with the European Union, because w, leaving without a deal has been rejected by Parliament time and time again. Now, Sir Geoffrey Clifton Brown, a great name for a Conservative, the Treasurer of the 1922 Committee, he says what he would like to see is her to set out the timetable to trigger a leadership contest. You are saying there are no obvious candidates. Well, there are obvious candidates, but there's no obvious uh, winner with regards to who the leader of the Conservative Party might be in the future. We've seen some very weak lever weak leaders of the Conservatives in the past whenever you know Tony Blair was around they seem to be uh, changing uh, on, on a regular a regular basis some of them are still in the vicinity even as, as, as we speak who do you think the future leader will be that could take the Conservative Party from where it is now or where it might be in a month or three months time to, uh, to, to a standing again that would see it as the, as, as the main player in the country there's plenty of candidates, that's the first thing to say. There'll be more runners and riders than, than in the Grand National, uh, to, to be quite honest, in, in, in this particular contest. It seems that virtually every Conservative MP wants to, wants to have a go. Um, Boris Johnson, if it was left to the members, Boris Johnson would win. But Boris Johnson doesn't give out much confidence amongst the MPs. And you've got to survive the rounds with MPs, where MPs only vote. To get to the last two, you, Boris Johnson would have to survive until the last two, and then that head-to-head -head is put to a vote of the members, and they ultimately decide who is the leader of the Conservative Party. But whether, whether Boris Johnson can survive the parliamentary rounds is open to question. If he can, he'll almost certainly win. That would lead to some defections probably from the Conservative Party, because there are some Conservative MPs uh, who've said they won't, they won't serve with... with um, under Boris Johnson. Other people who will almost certainly contest the leadership would be people like Dominic Raab, Esther McVeigh has said she's going to contest the leadership, Amber Rudd, uh, perhaps Liz Truss, so there'll be a, a number of women candidates. Um, I, I just wonder, you know, there's going to be so many uh, people in, in the field, it's actually going to be difficult, a difficult contest to sort out. Ian Duncan Smith has talked about 
uh, standing again. Well, he's the only Conservative leader who's never been trusted by his own MPs to actually fight an election. He, he was elected at the start of the 2000s to replace William Hague and, and was deposed a couple of years later, and he never actually fought a general election. So <laughs> quite remarkable how many people want the job, but none of them, I think, are capable of unifying the party over Brexit because it's not capable of and being unified over Brexit because there are very different views over Brexit within the Conservative Parliamentary Party. Um, I think what Theresa May will do is, as you say, set a timetable uh, with a, probably a contest over the summer and the new leader installs uh, with the coronation at the Conservative Party conference at Manchester in the first week of October. That's the likely timetable. And, and do you think, John, the landscape may change with, re- with regards to the two big parties in, in, in Britain, Conservatives and, and, and Labour, that maybe nine months, 12 months from now, we'll be looking at a, a, a different image? I think that depends on whether Brexit proceeds or not. If Brexit does proceed in, in, in October um, without further extension, then perhaps we can begin to move on from that. But I think there's a, a fair chance that a second referendum may loom or Article 50 might be revoked, in which case the issue of Brexit will continue uh, to gnaw away. Um, because if we don't have Brexit, the Brexit party is unlikely to disappear from the political landscape. It, next week could be a very uh, good week for the Brexit party, potentially. They are leading in all the opinion polls that I've seen. They're likely to get the most seats. And in some ways, you're going to have a surrogate referendum next Thursday, uh, Remain versus Leave, with the Brexit party flying, most prominent in flying the flag uh, for the for the Leave campaign. So... We can only move on in terms of normal party politics in Great Britain if, they, if Brexit is actually concluded either with the withdrawal agreement passing um, or with um, some other form of deal being struck between the Conservatives and Labour. But the chances of that, an agreement over a customs union, seem now vanishingly remote. I think it was always optimistic to expect a Corbyn-led Labour party to do a deal with Theresa May's uh, Theresa May led Conservative Party. Labour was never going to bail out Theresa May uh, on Brexit. So it's like, likely to continue to eat away at the body politic, likely to bore lots of people as well, uh, and likely to continue the, you know, in some ways, it's, at the moment, politics is not about Conservative versus Labour in some ways. It's about the battles within the parties, and most notably within the Conservative Party. That really is dominating politics. We've got a zombie parliament at the moment. There's nothing, there's no other legislation being passed. Um, you know, politics, normal politics has virtually come to a standstill, such is the all-consuming nature of Brexit. Oh dear, normal politics is disappearing. Gosh, we wouldn't know anything about that over here. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Northern Ireland... A, a, zombie, be, a zombie parliament. We um, haven't even got the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's gonna, I mean, the election contest in, in Northern Ireland next week is obviously particularly fascinating because it's a genuine... I mean, we, we, we would reasonably expect the DUP and Sinn Féin to... to you know, um, can fill the first two seats. But there's a massive contest with a whole range of parties battling it out for, for third place there. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, Brexit again is going to dominate the, the agenda uh, most certainly next week with, with that battle for, for that, that final seat in the European Parliament. Um, after that, politics may settle down again, but only after we have this final vote on the withdrawal agreement in June. That's going to be the, you know, the first week in June is going to be make or break for, for Theresa May and the, the withdrawal agreement. Even senior conservatives around Theresa May have said 
if the withdrawal agreement fails for a fourth time, that's it. They're not going to try and sell this particular horse uh, yet again to Parliament. One final question to you, John. When Theresa May wakes up in the morning, when the alarm goes off, you know that feeling you sometimes get yourself when you know you have a very busy day and you think, oh dear, why did I agree to do this? Do you think she, she ever get that feeling when she wakes up in the morning? <laughs> why am I putting myself through this? I thought she was mad to take on the job in one sense, but on the morning that David Cameron resigned, the morning after the uh, the Brexit referendum result, because it was never going to be an easy job to try and have party unity beyond that. I mean, initially, she played a hard-line uh, Brexit role. She said, we won't be part of the single market, we won't be part of the customs union, uh, and that uh, appeased a lot of the hardliners within her party, but since then, she's rode back from that, and now really... She's not really in command of her party. She's most certainly not in command uh, of Parliament. She cannot get anything through Parliament at the moment. Uh, Her DUP erstwhile allies um, aren't really offering her any support at all. I mean, they've been the most vociferous of all about against aspects of the withdrawal agreement, the backstop, obviously. Uh, And and so the DUP, you know, if that's a confidence and supply deal, I wouldn't like to see a lack of confidence and uh, a non-supply deal. Um, so, yeah, she must wonder why did I take, take it on, but she, she's a person who's very driven by a, a sense of duty and, and, and a belief that she ultimately is right. In that sense, in one sense, she's reminiscent of Margaret Thatcher. John, always good to speak to you. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the programme this morning. Uh, John Tong, a politics uh, lecturer and a man who knows every nook and cranny of what's happening across UK politics. So this is the U105 phone-in, uh, easing our way through the day.